Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, not born equal, created equal. And they are endowed by the, the same inalienable rights, with the same inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That is, the, that is the creed that has animated our nation since its founding, that has made us the great nation that we are. And we're in a time of extraordinary crisis right now. And the world needs us to be strong. They need us to remember our creed and our admonition. We have a speaker. We have a speaker. And that was our new speaker. He's Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana. When he was nominated Tuesday night, my social media was chock full of the question, who's Mike Johnson? FDR said, I ask you to judge me by the enemies I have made. Well, the press went berserk over Johnson's conference approval among Republicans. Then Wednesday, Representative Adam Schiff, you'll remember him. He's that California Democrat who lied to the American people and withheld evidence in the first Trump impeachment hearings. He tweeted this. You might be Googling who Mike Johnson is this morning. Let me make it simple. Johnson is a hard right pro-Trump leading election denier in the House. Sadly, this is what passes for speaker material in the Republican conference. Well, that's a good start. (laughs) That tells me a lot. Hey, Adam. Anyone upset, i.e. you or Democrats, with Johnson as speaker probably won't acknowledge that you could have had McCarthy and Scalise had you simply voted that way instead of playing cute with your united front. That's what I think. But what can we know about Johnson? Let's ask someone who can tell us. Joining me right now is Congressman and Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is... Not on yet. All right. We are going to hold on that. Um, uh, Congressman Jordan will be joining us here shortly. Um, we're going to check in with him. We have a lot to talk about with him. I want to discuss his run for speaker and what went awry, get his take on the new speaker, Johnson, and get a view into the future of the House and Capitol Hill. Now, I know that we have a lot going on. I think we will see Israel funding pass. I think there will be a debate about untying Ukraine funding from Israel funding. I think that there will also be a need to have, what, 12 bills, I think, um, negotiated and brought over the finish line for for the budget before they go to recess. Um, So there's a lot, and I want to understand what uh, Congressman Jordan may see as uh, what's on the horizon here. So we're working 
to get him on the line right now. Um, so, by the way, I want to thank everyone who listened yesterday, and I want to thank you for your emails and your phone calls. Uh, yesterday, we had special report town hall on issue one, and we covered the full scope of what issue one is, not only from the perspective of people who don't want you to vote for it, but we took the hard questions in hard topics like rape and incest, like ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages and contraception, and we dealt with them with a constitutional lawyer, with a civil rights attorney, with an OBGYN, and of course with an executive director of a life organization here in Columbus. And the reviews were raving, so thank you for calling in. Thank you for sharing your positive sentiment. I truly appreciate it. And now we are going to the phone line. I have Congressman and Chairman of the Powerful House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan. Uh, Congressman Jordan, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show this morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Good to be with you. Hey, thank you for carving out time. I know you are super busy. Um, lots to speed through today. I, I want to talk about your race. I want to talk about Johnson. I want to talk mm-hmm. about maybe what's coming yeah. down the pike. Um, before we brought you on, I played a clip from his talk yesterday. Um, yeah. Based on his enemies, he seems like a good pick. What do you think about the new speaker? Well, Mike's a great guy, uh, just a solid, solid fellow, Christian, Christian man. Um, and you know, he's he's on our judiciary committee. He's on um, the weaponization uh, subcommittee, constitutional lawyer, argued cases in front of the court. Um, just a just a just a great guy. I think he'll, I think he'll do an outstanding job. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of as a friend, in fact, Mike and Kelly and Polly and I, we were in Israel together a few years ago. Um, so the right kind of guy at the right time. And I think he's going to do a great job. I was really impressed with his uh, speech from the floor yesterday. My understanding yeah, is he's debated some cases before the Supreme court and you can yep. tell that he's extremely sharp. Um, what do you expect from him as a constituent? It looks like we're going to have to get the, the budget ironed out. Israel funding uh, approved, and then probably debate this whole Ukraine thing. Do you think that's what we get done before break, do, or do you see other things coming down the pike? And how do you think he'll handle it? Well, yeah, I think we do. We have to get uh, some some help to Israel. That should be of paramount importance. We want to help our, our dear and closest friend, the state of Israel, deal with these evil terrorists. Um, so I think that's front and center. And then, of course, the the the, the bill that's Funding the government runs that 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 expires on the seventeenth of November, mm-hmm. so I think it's th- three weeks from today. Yep. Um, so we're going to have to we're going to have to deal with that. I, I still think that the right approach there is a longer term funding bill um, that would trigger a, a a cut if 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 we don't get to the individual the twelve individual appropriation bills. And so you want that incentive there, that threat there, hanging over our heads, so that we we do our job and get to the bills where we can negotiate each bill, look at you know, where we're going to allocate the, 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 the American resources and then what policies we may we may try to get there that are important. And, of course, the chief policy we've got to try to work on is uh, securing the border here on, on, on in, in one of those one of those pieces of legislation. So but I think the incentive has to be created with this longer term funding that would kick in a one percent cut, because that's currently in the law. If we're in what's called a CR and we go into next year. We got this in the law earlier that there's a there's a one percent cut that kicks in and that, that incentivizes people to. To do their job. You just mentioned a word that I think scares Democrats and rhinos, cut. 
Um, and I'm going to tie it into the question I want to ask next, because all of our listeners are asking. You were largely the conservative Republicans pick for speaker, but it appears House Republicans, some of them had their own objectives. I surmise some of it had to do with the fact that you were going to walk the talk. You were going to make some cuts. What happened? Why, why weren't you able to get over the finish line? Well, I, I, I think, you know, look, I got respect for all my colleagues. I talked to all of them, listened to all of them numerous times over the last several weeks, um, numerous conversations we had. Uh, but I do think there was there were some who felt like we were going to change the way the appropriations process functions. What we what we get tired of is every year now you get this big ugly bill, everything thrown together. Instead of the twelve individual bills, you get one big omnibus spending package, one point six trillion dollars thrown in your lap mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, and there's all kinds of garbage. And frankly, what they do is they use our troops, our good men and women in uniform, who defend our country. They use that that as the base bill, and they throw everything else on that, the other bills on that, and pass all the all the all the I think things that you know shouldn't necessarily be passed. They do it on the backs of our of our men and women in uniform, and so we I ran on a plan to change that that structure and get back to how we're supposed to do it. Um, and I do think some of some of my colleagues just didn't like that that concept. They sort of like the system that's in place. So about two minutes here. It, 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 so is that what we can expect? Are we going to see this big, ugly omnibus, omnibus bill again? Or do you think that there will be Republicans who go to battle and say, no, we're done with this. We're going to we're going to split this up into sections and we're going to be honest with American people about how we're spending their money. I, I, I hope the latter. And I think that's where Speaker Johnson wants to go. Um, you know, Mike wants to wants to get back to that that kind of focus, individual focus, and where I think you get better policy for the country and you get a better account of accounting for uh, how, how Americans' tax money is spent. So I hope that's the direction we go. I think that's where Mike wants to go. And, um, you know, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. But it's coming quick. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then the other key thing is I, want, I think it's real important that the Israel aid package be separate from anything dealing with Ukraine. Let's help Israel. Let's deal with Ukraine, which I, I, I view as different because we know what the objective is with Israel. Go kill the terrorists, the, the evil people who did this terrible thing to the state of Israel yep. and to, to the Israeli people, the Jewish people. So um, we know that's clear objective there. But with Ukraine, is the objective to drive Russia? I mean, Russia, what they did is wrong, but is it to drive them out of the eastern Ukraine region? Or is it to drive them out of Crimea, which they have now had for nine years? They took during the Obama administration. I don't know what the objective, the, the overall goal really is. And, and then also, it's tough to account for how the money is being spent. There's no real inspector general in place to account for uh, where American tax dollars are being spent in, in Ukraine. Yeah, and I think um, Senator J.D. Vance has talked about that. And I'm really uh-huh. grateful to hear you have a discerning eye on that. That is so important. Uh, we're out of time today, um, but I am so grateful that you were able to join us today. And I hope we can do it again uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you so much. Keep fighting the good fight, sir. All right. Thank you. Take care, guys. Hey, uh, you're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor. At 1150, Bob France. 1206, Congressman Warren Davidson. 1222, Upper Arlington, Board of Education candidate Ruth Edmonds. And then 1235, Ohio Auditor Keith Faber will be here to talk about local school board races. You don't want to miss a minute of today's show, so stay tuned. You might be like a lot of us right now. You've got a small stash of cash somewhere that you're just 
sitting on. Did you know that you can turn your small savings into impressive fortunes with the Alpha Beta Report? Expertly guided by certified pros who've transformed modest sums into vast treasuries. Dive into investing, trading, and more. Visit alphabetareport.com and amplify your financial growth today. That's alphabetareport.com. And thank you to the Alpha Beta Report for their support of this station. Thank you to Congressman and Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan for joining us this morning and giving us a little insight to Mike Johnson. And uh, I wanted to play this clip for you from Johnson's speech from the floor yesterday after being elected speaker. We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good for the entire world. A strong America is indeed good for a world that is in chaos right now. But I'm going to tip the cards to you that you'll hear the talking points you'll hear from the Biden administration and Democrats as we rush toward 2024 in the presidential election. They'll say Donald Trump created this chaos. There is a division. There is hatred. There's chaos. And it's all Donald Trump's fault. Well, I want to remind you. Joe Biden left a full military arsenal in Afghanistan. Some of those weapons showed up where? In the hands of Hamas terrorists. Now, he negotiated with terrorists by unfreezing $6 billion in aid to Iran. And by the way, you don't negotiate with terrorists. He's now playing chummy with the Palestinian Authority and its leader, who, by the way, I don't think anyone in the press will tell you this, who has previously downplayed the death toll of the Holocaust, saying it was only only a couple hundred thousand, and has blamed the genocide on the usury of Jewish lenders. Folks, America under Biden is so weak that the world of bad actors now sees America as no threat to keep evil in check. How do we go about fixing that? Well, we're going to talk to Congressman Warren Davidson about it. Unfortunately, uh, Congressman Davidson just pinged me. They have a vote today that was scheduled during our phone conference. So we're going to try to push him to tomorrow. But we really need to investigate and not only understand, but act on the wise advice that will make America strong again. Because a strong America is what, Mike Johnson? We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good for the entire world. A strong America is indeed good for the entire world. You know what else is good? Informed voters. That's right. High information, informed voters who can pull a lever with confidence, whether it's issue two, whether it's a school board candidate, or of course, you know where I'm going to go, issue one. Issue one is the proposed Ohio constitutional amendment that will allow abortion, limitless abortion for matters of convenience. Why is that? Because it indicates in the amendment that health can be a reason that a doctor would abort even beyond the point of viability. Well, what is health? Not defined in the amendment. What does the Supreme Court say when health is not defined in the amendment? It says that it can include things like 
financial health, mental health, emotional health, social health, right? I'll go on spiritual health. What else? House health. It's going to make my house dirty. So it's going to be cluttery in here. I just don't want to have a child. And by the way, Dr. Parker reminded us yesterday that 98% of abortions are performed for matters of convenience. So it's ignorant to pretend that when we move the threshold forward and allow for limitless abortions, that they're not going to happen. They will happen. Um, But if you read stories like the ones published by the Associated Press, Ohio votes on abortion rights this fall, misinformation about the proposal is spreading, you might be inclined to think this about late-term abortions. This is what they said in the article. Opponents of the measure argue that the proposal would still allow for abortions up to birth because it lets doctors decide when a fetus is viable or not and because it has an exemption allowing later abortions to protect the life or health of the mother. Independent medical and legal experts say this argument discounts that doctors have a duty to follow the medical science. As Dr. Parker said yesterday, yeah, we do have a duty to follow best practices and standards of care. And do you know that OBGYNs, the standard of care is not to abort. The standard of care is actually to deliver the child, not to dismember it, not to abort it, but to deliver it. It is on average healthier for the mother. Now, if the baby doesn't survive, obviously that's not an abortion. But that's, that's reality, but they don't want to tell you that. But here's the pushback I have on that. Issue 1 contains a major loophole that I just talked about. The amendment allows for late-term abortions to protect the health of the mother. However, health is not defined in the amendment. When left undefined, the United States Supreme Court has interpreted health to include not just the mother's physical health, but also her mental, financial, emotional, and social health. Essentially, late-term abortions can be permitted for any reason. So let's put that one to bed. Now let's move on to the other falsity. Abortions later in pregnancy are exceedingly rare. In 2020, less than 1% of abortions in the United States were performed at or after 21 weeks, according to the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, Over 50,000 abortions are performed annually in the United States after 15 weeks of gestation. Why is that important? Because that's the point after which babies can feel pain. And at least 10,000 are performed after 20 weeks. Protect Women Ohio, which is the group that is funding the no vote, highlighted the fact that issue one will permit painful late-term abortions in Ohio in a recent ad that they published featuring Ohio abortionist Martin Haskell. Now, Haskell invented, you'll remember, the barbaric partial birth abortion technique in Ohio and brags that he routinely performs late-term abortions to 20 to 24 weeks, even admitting that 80% of the partial birth abortions he performs are purely elective. Now, of course, Haskell has donated $100,000 to the campaign supporting issue one because he knows it's an investment in his late-term abortion practice. Likewise, Colorado's lack of gestational limits has allowed abortionist Dr. Warren Hearn to specialize in late-term abortions for the past five decades, ending the pregnancies of women who are 22, 25, or even 30 weeks along. A former patient of Dr. Hearn admitted to having an abortion at 35 weeks. We're going to handle a couple other bits of misinformation in this AP article. On the other side of this break, you're listening to The Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer.